Praise God. Welcome to our Sunday message, Sunday the 22nd of October 2023. To start off with, I'm just going to read three scriptures. Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The next scripture is Hebrews 12, verse 14. A very short scripture. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The final scripture is the epistle of John, small John, 1 John, chapter 1. And I'm going to be reading from verse 5 to verse 10. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Yeshua, the anointed his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Heavenly Father, we pray that this word will burn in our hearts as we listen to it. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd anoint my lips anoint our ears and our hearts to hear, and may your word produce life wherever it is heard, in the wonderful name of Yeshua. The title of this message is Pure in Heart. Now, it's probably the message that we don't preach often enough, and obviously it's very, very important. But it's quite interesting to note that a lot hinges on you and I being what the Bible describes as pure in heart. The question though is, what does it mean to be pure in heart? What is it exactly that is expected of us as children of the living God? Well, obviously, it's speaking about sin in our lives, and we need to realize that your and my life on this earth is a continual process of cleansing, of moving from one level to another. And it is a process whereby we become more and more aware of the living God. It should be. There's a principle involved here that we need to understand. You see, that first scripture, it mentions... Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Also Hebrews make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Quite clearly, there's a big connection between the purity of our heart and our ability to perceive the living God. Why is that? 
Well, very simply stated, we must realize that we perceive God who is a spirit with our spirit man. And you see, as with normal sight, if we're looking through something that has a dark lens or a lens that's not working, our sight is impaired. What we see is impaired. It reminds me of a story about Lord Nelson. Some of you might know of him, great admiral in the British Navy in the 1800s. On one occasion, he was involved with the battle. He wasn't in charge of the whole operation, but he was in command of one of the fleets, and it's called the Battle of Copenhagen, the first Battle of Copenhagen, 1801. And on this particular occasion, Lord Nelson took his fleet into battle, and apparently the people that were in charge of the whole operation couldn't see clearly, and they sent a message to Nelson saying that the Danish ships were overwhelming or something like that, and basically giving him an option to either carry on fighting or to withdraw. You see, if he had withdrawn under the instruction, there would have been no shame involved. However, Nelson at that stage, he was quite a soldier, and he had lost in his lifetime one eye and one arm, on this occasion, he had only one eye, and it is reported that he took a telescope and he held the telescope up to his blind eye, and his comment was, I see no ships. <laughs> well, being Nelson, he went in regardless, won the battle, and the day was won. But the point is, he didn't see any ships. Why didn't he see any ships? Because he was looking through an eye that didn't work, you see. Well, on this occasion, he didn't want to see the ships. He knew very well they were there, but he had decided to go into battle anyway. Can you see? There's a big tie between what we want to see and our ability to see, especially when it comes to spiritual things. Many people will argue there's no evidence that Christ was alive on this earth. But for your information, there's more historical, factual information, corroborating information, supporting the claim of his existence than there is for any character in ancient history. As one commentator said, there's so much evidence that if you say you can't believe that he existed, there will never be enough evidence. You see, the point is, if you're not wanting to see, we can't see. And that's the case with our spiritual eyes. I've mentioned earlier that we have to see things with the eyes of the spirit. Our spirit man is charged with seeing. And when we want to see God, you see, we have to use that spiritual eyesight. Now, if that spiritual eyesight is either not working or if it is clouded up, we will have a very distorted view of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They won't just see him as they want to see him, or not see him at all. We will see him as he really is. The purer our heart, the cleaner the lens, so to speak, the clearer we will see him. The other side of the coin is, if that lens is clouded up, we get a very distorted view. 
Many people have rejected God, rejected Christianity. And the reason is because they have some funny idea about him, strange idea about God. They can't see him as he really is, you see. I can assure you that if anybody sees God as he really is, they'll automatically worship. They'll automatically bow the knee. And that will happen one day when everything is revealed. But in this dispensation, we have to see through our spirit man, as the Bible describes, through a glass darkly. Inevitably, our spirit beings are not fully illuminated as yet. But you see, we have a responsibility to, as it were, polish up the lens. That's perhaps a good way of saying it. As you and I polish up the lens of our inner being, as we make our understanding clearer, we see him clearer, we'll know him better. And can I assure us that if we know him better, we'll want to serve him better. We'll enjoy him more and we'll enjoy life more. But you see, the question is, how do we cleanse this lens, as it were? The Bible speaks about holiness, about purity. And without any doubt, it does refer to sin, moral purity. You see, we are charged as we hear and learn more about God, as we become more and more aware of the standards He requires of us, our duty is to line up with that standard. Please note, His standard is not the world's standard. In fact, it runs very often contrary to what the world is increasingly shouting in our ear. But be that as it may, remember, we've got the responsibility to purify our heart. And as we learn from the Word of God, from the life of Christ, the standards required of us in every area of our lives, personal holiness, righteousness, right standing with God, you see, the more you and I know and abide by, submit to, the more we will see him, the clearer we will see him. And the clearer that we can see him, the more what he has becomes available to us. The power that we need to live victorious lives becomes more and more available to us. Let's assume as a non-believer you are involved with one form of sin or another and you get saved, you get born again and at first you're not aware that what you were doing was sinning. God is patient with us, you see. But there is a process involved whereby through his word, through hearing his word preached, through living with other godly people, associating with them, we become aware of things in our lives that ought not to be. And it's a process, a process of changing, you see. I'm not the person I was 40-odd years ago. For a start, my mouth has cleaned up remarkably. Many other things, areas of our lives, where our flesh controlled us, you see. We need to bring these things into submission to the Holy Spirit and live a more godly life, a holier life. And the more we do that, it's not because we have to obey rules and regulations. 
There are rules, there are regulations. They've been in the earth since time immemorial. That this is not a business of trying to impress God with how righteous we are or how good we are. It's far more than that. It's a process of becoming internally conscious of the effect of sin in our lives and having a desire to part with it, to move away. You see? And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You and I were never designed to live a victorious life using our own strength, using our own willpower. God created us in a way whereby we need His Holy Spirit. And you see, the way to, as it were, become more and more holy is to give that Holy Spirit access to our heart. That's why when we gather with the saints, it's so important to experience what I would like to call a holy moment. Normally when we're having communion, just before it, where the Bible instructs us to examine our hearts. In the rush of life, sometimes we do things we don't realize the significance, the consequence, but we just live our lives. And we live at a hectic pace, you see, and things happen. We get carried away with certain issues. Pressure is on us. But you see, it was God's plan for us on a weekly basis just to sit down in the presence of the Holy Spirit with other believers in His holy presence. And here it is, you see, important for us to realize that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work. What is His work? His work is to convict us of sin, not to condemn us. You see, condemnation makes us feel bad, and it doesn't give us the power to overcome. God does not condemn. He has not come to condemn. But that Spirit of God, in His presence, if we allow Him to, He's able to convict. What does that mean? The light of His presence exposes areas in our lives that are perhaps dark. You see? And with that conviction, this is the power of it, as we bring these things into the light, God's power becomes available for us to change, to change inwardly, you see. That's the way to overcome sin. When you and I allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, something happens inside. We no longer want to have anything to do with that activity, whatever it may be. And you see, the moment you and I don't want to have anything to do with that activity, that's the battle won. That is the battle won. Victory follows soon after you and I don't want to. Can you see? And only the Holy Spirit can bring that change inside of us. But it's not a case of you and I just carrying on with life and saying, oh well, one day the Holy Spirit will convict me if he wants to. He wants to convict us all the time if there's things in our life that are keeping us from God. And from what we've been saying, can you understand that when you and I have darkness in our spirit, man, we cannot see God. We cannot see Him clearly. We might be aware of Him. We might acknowledge His presence. But when it comes to really meeting with Him in a deep and life-changing way, that darkness prohibits us. So I'm encouraging us all to 
make a point of regularly. Don't wait for Sunday service. We can do it on our own, at home every day. It's a good way to start the day or finish the day. Just spending some time before God and being like David saying, Holy Spirit, just show me if there's any wicked way in me. Show me. You see? Can I say, walking with God is a process that gets, as it were, more and more refined. The level of holiness becomes greater. There are things that I got away with, let me put it that way, years ago. I never get away with it now. Why? Because I've moved on, you see. And I'm happy to move on. And I want to move even further on. Why? I want to see God. I want to experience Him day to day on a one-to-one basis. I don't want anything in the way, you see. Nothing hindering. I'm trusting that we'll all feel that way. Because that's the way to live. However, let me just say something, that this holiness doesn't stop with sin in our lives. There are other two areas, I'm sure there are many others, but there are other two areas that are just as important. The one we read about in that epistle of John, it speaks about walking in the light, but walking in light and in love for one another. The point that is made is that if you hate your brother, you're not walking in the light. Truth is, when you and I harbor unforgiveness and bad attitudes towards one another, that clouds our spirit, man. And we are rendered unable to walk in as close fellowship with God as we would want to, as he would like us to. The word's very clear, you see. If we don't forgive, God cannot forgive us. I've heard people say things like, I've forgiven, I've forgiven, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget. The truth of the matter is, if you harbor that in your heart, that you will never forget, you never really have forgiven. We never have really forgiven. Because true forgiveness, can I just say, releases the other person completely. And in place of wanting to get your own back on them, you genuinely want them to be blessed. We genuinely want them to be blessed. You see, and if we're not walking in that kind of release, in that kind of love, without possibly even realizing it, do you know what? There will be a barrier between us and the living God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The other side of the coin is when there's unforgiveness, discord in our hearts. We become blinded to the living God without even realizing it. And we lose out on the fullness of the fellowship that he designed for us to have. There's one other area that is just as important and which really does touch on this whole business of walking in holiness. Although what you and I do or do not do is very important in this whole regard, something that is of greater importance, something which for God is the most important, is 
the motive that you and I have in our heart. You see, it's quite possible, and there are instances of this in the Word of God, where people were doing everything very, very well, according to the book, you see. They, or anybody couldn't point out and say, oh, well, you're sinning in this area or that area. But we have to be careful of something, and that is this. You and I can do everything in the right way, and yet, deep down, for the wrong reason. Can I just say that that approach is just as bad a sin as the most wicked sin you and I could commit, really. God looks at the heart. The Lord said this. He made the statement. There are people who honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's quite possible to even be in the ministry, to be preaching the word of God, to be teaching, to be involved with charity, to do a whole host of wonderful, beautiful kingdom things. And yet we've got to be so cautious because at every stage there's a pressure out there and that pressure comes from the enemy to pervert what we are doing by taking our motive off the ultimate goal. If I think of the music industry, especially the Christian music industry, I remember speaking to somebody who was involved with this industry in general, secular and Christian. And his statement to me was, don't think that when it comes to money and position and power in the music industry, that it's any different between the secular and the Christian section of this whole industry. He said it's exactly the same. People trying to promote themselves. I thought to myself how sad. That can happen so quickly. People asking God for a song. Give me a song, O oh God, from heaven. And deep down, why do they want that song? Oh Lord, to let your people lift up in worship. Meanwhile, in the back of their minds, they're thinking of the cash register going ding, 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 ding. Wanting to have a bestseller, so to speak. Top the charts. Go viral. Can you see, it's so subtle, this whole thing. And the truth is that if you and I allow that to creep into us, God cannot anoint us. God cannot bless us with music from heaven. We can't see him. We can't see him. The one who's preaching because he wants to become famous, to become well-known, to become influential, he won't be preaching life for very long. What he preaches will be tested, no matter who you are. Brothers and sisters, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We've got to guard our heart. We've got to consistently allow the Holy Spirit, the laser focus of the Holy Spirit, to just search deep down inside of us 
and ask us this valid question. Why are you doing what you are doing? We have to ask ourselves that question. Before the light of God, Father God, why am I doing this? Is this for you? Or is this really about me? Can you see? And it's only in the quietness of your and my prayer closet when nobody's watching, when our heart is laid bare before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that the Holy Spirit will come and be able to deal with our hearts, you see. Deal with them. And that's really important. Really important. To let him deal with us on a regular basis. Not to be swayed by our success. Not to be swayed by the opinion of others, good or bad. Ultimately, we have to stand before him and say, Father God, why am I doing this? And as we slowly align our heart attitude with his, when we can say, Father God, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this because I love you, because I love your kingdom and I love your people. Can you see? When we start to do that, we start to walk in the light. And when we walk in the light, we're able to perceive him. You see, if we really have a heart for his kingdom, our heart beats with his heart, you see. And he's able to impart to us wisdom that we need. There's a beautiful scripture in Psalms. Psalm 42, verse 7. It speaks there about deep calling to deep. I often use that scripture to meditate upon in an effort to make sure that what is going on deep in my heart aligns with what is going on deep in my Father's heart. I plumb the depths of my heart and I try and put it before Him and the depths of His heart, you see. Deep calls to deep. And I can't tell you the many times when in that moment where there's that connection, I get that sense of those words which Father God spoke to his son on two occasions that we know of, but especially just after he'd been through the waters of baptism. This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. You see, it's in that moment that we see God. In that moment that we clearly perceive his heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Be blessed in Yeshua's mighty name.